This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. And welcome into Halftime Adjustments. Merry almost Christmas. Happy belated Hanukkah. Happy holidays in general. The excitement around the holiday season is here. I'm joined by Dan Kovacevic, who is in full holiday swing. You got the sweater, the tree. I'm, I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. Well, you know what? Nobody stops anybody at WPXI from jazzing up the conference room there behind you or anything else, right? Let's see some, you know, socially distanced bulbs six feet apart and everything else, right? I really should have, like, grabbed the credential tree that I have and just, like, stuck it right here. That would be... Uh... You have a credential tree? I do have a credential tree. <laughs> see, all I have is this souvenir flip card of Steelers versus Bengals from the other night at Paul Brown Stadium because I want to remember that beauty forever. It is something that I know a lot of Steelers fans just want to hold on to desperately. The game that was the game of all games or not. That was uh, definitely not the case. Just a really... I don't even think ugly is a like a good enough adjective to describe what we saw in that game, especially what we saw from Ben, and especially that first half. You know, it, it's funny. Usually the statistics paint the more damning picture than the narrative or the common talking point. In this case, it, it's the other way around. The statistics look like, meh, rough day. It doesn't come close to telling the story of how inaccurate he was. Underthrown, overthrown, left, right, bad timing, getting his receivers hurt, fumbling the ball, uh, getting sacked. What am I missing? Oh, yeah, one interception that actually should have been four if he had been facing a competent secondary. Um, I have covered... Ben Roethlisberger's career, and I have never seen him like that. Um, so immediately you start thinking, is this health? Is this something that there's something wrong with him? But everywhere that you poke on that count, nothing comes up. Uh, you can ask him about it a hundred different ways. He won't blink on it. Uh, I asked Mike Tomlin in Cincinnati about it. Not a thing. Uh, nope, not to my knowledge, not to, no, no issues. So what do you do with it? Is it somebody falling off of a cliff? Is he going through a rough spell that we're only exacerbating because he's 38 and he's, you know, theoretically near the end? I don't know. I don't know what to think right now. Yeah, that was that you kind of took the words out of my mouth. What? Is it health? Because like you said, he hasn't been saying that when we heard him speak earlier today, um, you know, he kind of talked about the fall off and the soreness and all that. And he said, but luckily I'm not feeling that. So then you lead to question, what is it? Why? Is it yeah. Are, is, is it something that, you know, he, I, I mean, at least through the couple um, months that I've been here and been covering this team, I feel like at least, he kind of gives it to you in, in little bits of doses in a sense, but I feel like if this was mm -hmm. something he would talk about it a little bit more in that sense. So is it, I, is it something that we should be more concerned about in that sense? Or is it just kind of like, this is a really, really rough stretch right now. I'm not sure which way this would go in an ideal setting, Jenna, because on one hand you could say uh, if he's hurt, then you could say, all right, well, he's hurt. That means he'll be okay in 2021 or whatever, and you at least know something about the quarterback position 
moving forward. As it is, you have no idea. You have no idea that he's due a $41.25 million cap hit in 2021. That is a massive portion of your payroll. How do you adjust for that? I'll be honest with you. When I walked out of Paul Brown Stadium the other night, I wasn't thinking about the Colts or the Browns or the playoffs. I started thinking immediately about next season. Uh, I sure hope the Steelers themselves aren't doing that because they are still 11-3 and and they have qualified for the postseason. But when I'm thinking bigger picture here, I, I'm, I'm trying to be realistic and fair. And I, I don't see a way out without a healthy bend. So I, I don't know. I mean, most of the answers to all of these questions right now are I don't know. But I, th- I think that feels about right, you know? Yeah, there, there is that bit of uncertainty. And I think it's even a, a little bit more than a bit to say that. And looking ahead to next season, it, it was so funny on Twitter at, during the game because everyone's immediately calling, okay, put Mason in. And I don't know, in my take, I'm like, are we really going to do that? You want Mason no. in right now over Ben Roethlisberger at this point? Granted, yes, we haven't seen... I'm trying to think back to probably the Bengals game was probably the last solid game or like very overall solid game that we saw from this team. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably, That's right. yeah, that was kind of that last game where we saw. I, the- I agree with that completely. I, I think they've had two solid games this year. Um, they were against both of the Ohio teams, both in Pittsburgh. And that was it. And it's incredible to say that about an 11 and three team, but there it is. It's wild. It really is to say that. I, so. I, I can't. This this whole thing just blows my mind right now. I, I really, I I've never seen uh, or covered a team that has just plunged off a cliff like this, uh, and yet it's they're still going to the playoffs. That's the they're crazy still, part. They're still like, playoff bound, and I mean, yeah, this I isn't this isn't like opting out of the bowl game. You know, you 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 still got to go. You know, and it's just I, who. Is there anybody that we think that they could potentially draw in the playoffs that you're going to look at and be like, oh, yeah. No, not after Cincinnati. No, no, no. no. When you lose to that group of Bengals with their 29th string quarterback or whatever Ryan Finley actually happens to be, you are through discussing matchups. You are through talking about, oh, you know, Indianapolis might be missing this guy or that guy or Phillip Rivers does. You are done. It is over. There's, you don't, you have, you have lost that right. You just need to go play football. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Steelers and where they go from here. We got lots more thoughts. Stick with us on Halftime Adjustments. And welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Jenna Harner, joined once again by Dane Kovacevic for more Steelers talk, because I know this is what everybody wants to hear as we look ahead to the next two weeks. You know, I feel like we kept talking about the fact that, okay, the Cincinnati game was going to be that get right game where they were going to figure some of the things out that had been plaguing them. They were going to get a win. They were going to clinch the division. They were going to be all right. And we all saw what happened on Monday where where do they go from here realistically? Because I don't know about you, I don't see them winning another game. I really don't. I, 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 I'm not prepared to predict a Steelers victory the rest of the season uh, after, after Cincinnati. That's not out of any kind of weirdness or spite or anything like that. It's just that if you can't beat that team, 
you've got to earn it all back. Uh, where does it go from here? Magically, magically, the Steelers could take to the field Sunday against the Colts, against that very good defense, uh, the best defense they'll have faced in a while, uh, better than Buffalo's. And Ben will be able to throw a football like he means it where he wants it. Um, if that happens and the Steelers uh, do get Vince Williams back, which they're expected to because he came off the COVID list today and everything, uh, I could see them finding a way to bounce back, win the division championship, which of course is still in play. If, you know, any Pittsburgh win, any Cleveland loss and, and, at least feel good about themselves for the week. Then take it into the Browns game and do the same thing. Cause they're a significantly better team theoretically than the Browns are. And now you enter the playoffs on that classic December role, even if it's a mini role, even if it's a couple games, even if the Cincinnati thing happened in the same month, I'm not sure that any of that's going to happen. I, I, I don't see it not to keep swinging everything back to Ben, there's more things wrong with the team than Ben, but Ben just leaps out at the moment. Ben is the one variable in this that screws up everything else. You know what I'm saying? There's just, there's not a, there's not a, if you fixed everything else, it still wouldn't matter if Ben's misfiring. And there were just so many uncharacteristic mistakes in that Cincinnati game. I mean, the fumbled handoff, like just things that you don't see. I mean, even just hearing the announcers talk and it was the fact that it was like, these are two veterans here between um, Pouncey and Ben. Like they should not be making those mistakes. You expect those mistakes from, you know, Justin Herbert or Tua Tagovailoa. Like those are quarterbacks you expect those mistakes from. Not Ben Roethlisberger. And I mean, you allow Cincinnati to score 17 points off turnovers. Like people were looking at the defense there and it's like the offense gave them short fields. What, and what 90, 95 total yards of offense. And, and here's my Bengals flip card again. The names, the name. They didn't even have their kicker, Jenna. <laughs> Absolutely nobody in this game. Uh, Joe Mixon is their main running back. They had Gio Bernard, who would be a nice number three on another team. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of that. I, I really don't. Um, but as far as their future goes... I, I think that scenario that I just painted there is probably the only one that's that's palatable, if not realistic, that where you could say, okay, here's a way that they could kind of, you know, flip the script a little bit, uh, or a lot of it actually, and, and then and then get into the playoffs and, and do some damage. But it really does start with the quarterback and his wide receivers. And here, let's let's not let everybody off the hook here. Um, the wide receivers are capable, all of them, yep. of getting yards after the catch. Only one of them is really doing that right now, and that's Chase Claypool, and he can't even get on the field. So that's one thing. Another one is that Randy Feedner is allowed to be at least a little bit imaginative to try to take some pressure off of his quarterback. That's second and 10 that the Steelers had on that last possession. Ben drops back. There's a... I don't know if they showed this on TV or not, but you could see it plain as day from the press box. There was nobody in the middle of the field. He had not one outlet valve. That will get you fired as a coordinator on the spot before, before hello and goodbye. 
Ben had nowhere to go. I think Deontay misran his route, although no one's going to rip Deontay for that. It's all going to be Ben, Ben, Ben. And Ben looks up, and there's no one in front of him. There wasn't a running back, a tight end, nowhere where he could just dump it off to get the first down. There's a lot that's going wrong. I'll tell you this. If they can turn it around against Indianapolis, this will be the most miraculous ridiculous turnaround we've ever seen. But you look at the fact too, that they haven't scored 20. They, the highest points they've scored in the last four games is 19 against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And that's. Yeah. Oh, no, no, against half of Baltimore. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. Against that, I think I blocked that week out of my brain for just how ridiculous and crazy that was. But in today's NFL, you can't expect to be scoring 16 17 points and win or be in games I don't want to point to teams like Kansas City and Buffalo because I feel like that's what a lot of people are doing but look at the points these teams are putting up especially Buffalo as of late of course they're top contenders in the AFC because they their offenses are figuring things out and when this offense struggles like this Steelers offense has been it's going to be a long couple days, long couple weeks here. You know, I, I think that it will be. But if it, if it does turn around, uh, you know, it, it seems funny that we're so far removed from talking about when the Steelers were 11-0 and and how are they going to score 30 points regularly and make sure that they beat the Chiefs, uh, that a lot of the discussion has changed so much uh, in that time. Uh, I think that... I've watched Ben for 17 years. I just, I can't believe that this is happening. I can't believe that he can't just roll out of bed and make us all forget this on Sunday. But when you keep waiting for it, you keep waiting for it, you keep waiting for it, and it hasn't happened yet. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Like, keep repeating the same things and expecting the same results? Something to that extent? I'm pretty sure it lines up perfectly. Oh, man. Yikes. Well, we're going to transition in a little bit and talk some hockey with the start of the season just around the corner. Stick with us on Halftime Adjustments. And welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Jenna Harner, joined by Dane Kovacevic. Dane, we're talking some happier things now. We're chatting hockey. The start of the season is just a couple weeks away. We knew kind of the alignment of the divisions, almost what they were going to be exactly, but now they officially came out earlier this week. The East is no joke between Boston, the Sabres, the Devils, the Islanders, New York, Philly, obviously the Pens and Washington. This isn't going to be an easy test or easy season at all. Everyone's like, oh, the 56 game season. You're playing each team seven or you're playing each team eight times this season. I mean, this it's outrageous. The level of competition in this division alone. Four of the eight teams get into the playoffs. Four of them miss. If you go by the the way the, the league has gone the last couple of years, it's easy and arguably lazy to say, all right, well, the Devils and the Sabres and a couple other are going to miss. But then that's to ignore that the Devils have a legitimately good young group here. The Sabres... I'm through predicting that they'll ever make the playoffs, whether they have Jack Eichel or not, 
because they just never do. Jack Eichel's going to be 33 years old the first time he sees a playoff game. But, but it can happen. They also have players too, uh, young players. And the competition level is going to be insane. Never mind the competition format where you're going to a city and you're playing the same team, uh, you know, two or three times in a row. Uh, that's it, it's, it's going to be very different, but I'll argue this. If Mike Sullivan's big thing is that, and Jim Rutherford's big thing over this off season with it was that this team lacked focus. And we saw some of that, even during the regular season last year, they'd go up against a lower team and they'd be like, whatever. And then they would lose or at least have like a really, really tough time. Now you put them into this division. They, they don't have a single night off. They don't have a single, they don't not one at any point along the way. And maybe to an extent, that's what this group needs. That is funny that you say that it is almost kind of, tying in perfectly in that sense, because you can't start the season on a skid. You have to start hot. You fall to, you know, you have a rough 10 games to start. You're not making up ground quick. That That's just not going to happen this year. Oh, that's the, that's kind of be, it's kind of going to be like the, the baseball thing that we saw because it is the same. Baseball was a 60 game schedule. Baseball played in baseball type series mm-hmm. and you know, the hockey's is 56, but it's the same thing. The moment okay, don't laugh at this, but the moment that the Pirates lost like three or four games, they were done. They were done. Not that they were ever in it, okay, but when you get down to the the percentage of the season that you're losing, uh, you can't afford it. You can't afford it. You have to get off to an exceptional start. Uh, you have to start setting all kinds of good habits early in the season. And then there's also this. You got yourself a 10-day training camp with no exhibition games. And at least one of those 10 days, I'm sure the NHL Players Association will mandate, will be a day off. So you have nine practices to get ready for an entire season in which you could be toast by the time the first three weeks is up. I would say that should get their attention, except that I thought that they had their attention held long enough to play Montreal this past summer. And that didn't happen. I'm just going to be so intrigued. I feel like at least to me, this is going to feel like the start of the round Robin games over the summer Mm. in that tournament. Like you can't, everybody expected like Boston and Tampa to come and come flying out. And that wasn't entirely what we saw, especially from the Bruins who came in with the off the hundred point season off the pause. And yes, things were different in that extent, but I just feel like you can't have, there's all teams are going to have some sort of rust, but it's going to be who has the least amount of rust. That's really going to come out on top here. Yeah. You might be right. And you know, it's funny. You look at this division, like I could ask you, um, I could ask you to look at and go ahead and name the four teams that'll make it. And you start off with, uh, at, at least on, on, on my end, uh, I'll start off with respectfully the New York Islanders, since they were the ones who just made it to the Eastern conference final and gave the lightning a good ride. And the lightning of course ended up winning the cup. Uh, you have them, you have Boston, another powerhouse it's not about to go fading they're not going to miss the playoffs you're talking about Washington you're talking about uh, the Rangers now with Alexi Lafreniere 
uh, and really good young talent that they have. Um, I mean, I can keep going here. The Flyers are a team that looked like they were, you know, pretty solid there, and they've got their own youth coming up. Um, who am I missing here? No, I think you're kind of spot Washington. On. Washington. Washington. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah this is this is. It's so easy to shove the Penguins out of the picture. I don't know that they will be out of the picture. Precedent is on their side. Uh, they've got the longest active streak of uh, playoff appearances in all of professional sports. So it'd be silly to bet against them and to bet against Sid and Gino and everybody else being back. But it's going to be tough. Yeah, and I think they left the end of last season with so many question marks that you better come in and at least attempt to start answering those questions early on. Are we going to see a little bit of a resurgence? Are we going to see some of that speed that they talked about? Are we going to kind of see some of them, those all those little things that I feel like we were just discussing, but are we going to see all of that and see kind of that play out in those first couple of weeks? Because again, you're almost dead in the water if you don't start out hot. Two word, biggest variable in the entire season, Tristan Jari. I think you're pretty spot on with that. Goaltending is going to be absolutely huge for every team, just because you got, that's, that's how you're going to win. That's Mm -hmm. a huge, huge, huge factor. Well, stick with us on halftime adjustments. We are seeing what you guys are up to at DK Pittsburgh sports in just a minute. And welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. Dayan, what have you guys been up to at DKPittsburghSports.com? Anything new? Anything exciting? You know, here, I thought the tree would give it away. I thought the sweater might give it away. But no, you still got to ask. Now, it's Christmas time. Um, we're selling Christmas gift subscriptions. They're half off at $19.99 uh, for a full year. Um, they've been selling. Um, people are good. Um, people who have done well through this year uh, have have taken uh, care to to make sure that others are, are are cared for in this time, and it's it's been really really cool to see. Oh, that is so awesome and so mm-hmm. fantastic to hear. What more could you want out of a gift? That right there is a fan. <laughs> she means the sweater. She means the sweater, which is not for sale. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy holidays. Have a good night. 